The Clueless Joe podcast is recorded at DBAT Nashville and brought to you by Rawlings, the nation's leading baseball and softball training academy franchise and the world's top baseball and softball brand have teamed up to create an exciting new partnership. DBAT, powered by Rawlings, the official ball, glove, and helmet of Major League Baseball. To learn more, go to Rawlings.com or visit your local DBAT. Say hey, baseball fans. Welcome once again to the Clueless Joe podcast, powered by Rawlings, episode 8. Coming to you from DBAT Nashville, the premier baseball and softball batting cage and training academy in Middle Tennessee. Developing beliefs, attitudes, and traditions, music city style. You can follow us on social media across all platforms at DBAT Nashville. I'm your host, John Christ. I'm here with my guys. Former Plymouth Pilgrim, Zach Schreitenthal. Turn me up. <laughs> Former Irvine Valley Laser, Ryan Gaynor. Pew, pew. And former Sioux Falls Canary, yeah. Sam Bragg. Go birds. <laughs> Coming up later in the show, we're actually going to do a deep dive with our boy Sam over here. The path he took to becoming an instructor at DBAT Nashville. But we begin with the first installment of what we hope becomes a regular topic, something we'll simply call top five. Each of us names our top five at a certain position, but we're limiting the selections to players we've actually seen play. So we don't need to make any, you know, Ted Williams versus Babe Ruth arguments. Uh, please keep in mind that I'm in my late 40s. Everyone else is still in their 20s. That's a huge advantage. Yes. As a result, I have more names to choose from in baseball history, but Way we'll start more. with the top of the order better known as the leadoff man. Uh, traditionally, managers are looking for someone with a combination of high on base percentage and quality base running skills. Although recently, it's not unusual to see someone like uh, Aaron Judge be in the top spot. Just to get him as many at-bats as possible. He's still DQ'd from this conversation, Zach. Sorry. But let's start it here. No Your He's top not. five leadoff hitters, again, limiting to players that you, at least in your lifetime uh, as a baseball fan, Remember watching and appreciating. Who wants to go first? Zachary? I definitely I will, hear Zach. I will absolutely start it off. Go ahead. Start it off. The guy that does not need to be excluded from this list, but I wouldn't say he's at the top, but he's in definitely in my list. At number five, Derek Jeter. He was a leadoff guy? Was, was, he, like, was he a leadoff guy? He was notoriously the second batter. Later no, in his career, he was a leadoff guy. Once I mean, they, I got the stats right Yeah, here. when they got rid of Alfonso Soriano, Jeter did hit a lot more leadoff later. From in the career. leadoff position, he played in 981 games. Yeah, I think of him as a two-hole two okay. two guy, but I'll allow it. Let's just if he played 981 games as a leadoff, I think he's. I mean, he, he wouldn't have made my, he wouldn't have made my list regardless. But I thought he was a number two. But, but that's three, cool. three ten from the leadoff spot. Yeah. I'm not saying three ten no, was about a three fifteen OBP probably. Oh, yeah, set I mean, three seventy six. <laughs> it's pretty good. One hundred nine stolen bases, solid. Four forty one slugging. Nine stolen bases, man, he flew from the leadoff spot. Yeah, just leadoff. But uh, but yeah, I mean, dude, well, why wouldn't you want Derek Jeter on your team? Oh, so many reasons. Myriad reasons. He's <laughs> he's the most. We don't have to. We don't have to get into. We don't have to get into it. But, but yeah. no, that's fine. Okay, Derek Jeter is my my number five. Okay, I'll um, allow it. 
I, th- I think we missed a two-hole guy. That's but, all right. But we'll allow it for sure. the purposes of the conversation. He played 981 games. How, how many know. games did he play in his career, though? That doesn't matter. Still, that's a lot. Okay. 2,500, my guess. Ballpark. Yeah. Zach, we're allowing it. I'm just saying. Go ahead. Move I'm just saying. So Jeter's number five. Jeter's number five. Jeter's number five. Yes. Yeah. That's a, okay. All right. That's um, the highest that you can go. Yeah, you guys are going to hate my list. I already know, oh, but great. I don't care. Okay. Uh, we knew that before you started. <laughs> don't worry. Uh, number four, Craig Biggio. Mm-hmm. I like it. I, I, he was kind of a late add on because I, I wasn't I like going to put him in there because I had Aaron Judge at number two. More of, a, more of a traditional lead. He, he hit first almost exclusively. 1,500 games in the lead opposition, 284. Um, 238 stolen bases, which is pretty good. Yeah. That's what you want out of a leadoff. Um, but yeah, just a real, real solid guy. I feel like he didn't miss a bunch of games either. And, um, and came up in the minors as a catcher. Yeah, there you go. Eventually played all over the place, yeah, but true. a catcher who developed into a leadoff hitter. Yeah, second base catcher outfield. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. That's what you want. Good four. All right. Number three. Can't be in my list, but. Number three. And uh, love this guy. Johnny Damon. Solid. Johnny Damon. I contemplated him. What do you got, Sam? That's a good one. It is a good one. (laughs) I was just going to go with a movie quote that's not kosher. (laughs) 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 But yeah, that dude. I mean, um, the flow. 307 stolen stolen bases. I mean, did it. Yeah, he did it. Yeah, talk about a contact guy. Too. Royals draft I mean, pick, huge contact guy. Yeah, Royals draft pick, mm-hmm. Red Forever Sox, A's, Yanks. So he kind of went. He went to a decent amount of teams, didn't he? Yeah, but mainly was with the Red Sox. Yes, yeah. won the World Series. Won the World Sox. Series with him. Yeah, Royals, A's, Red Sox, Yankees. Did he win with the Yankees too? Two thousand nine. He may have. Yeah, I think he did. Dude's a winner, man. Sounds right. Yeah, dude is a winner. He know. wasn't in Sam, Oakland. This is kind of Sam's, wasn't yeah, Sam's expertise yeah, here. They, Come on. Well, he, left, he left the Red Sox, what, after 04? After the World Series? I think he might have been there for 04 and 07. I might be incorrect he there. Wa- No, you're right. He was. I think so, so. yeah, I think he yeah. did win. But the then Yankees. he left like an Just 08, a World Series guy. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe yeah. he's the reason. He was a big contract guy <sighs> more than he Jonathan was a World Series guy. I think Jonathan was the reason. <sighs> Dude, he was awesome. Dude, so tight. He was awesome. Sorry, so Zach. Go ahead. Oh, okay. All right. I, I contemplated I almost, Johnny Damon. Did not make my list. Yeah, I almost. What What are his st- What are his stats? His career stats. His career stats or his leadoff stats? As a leadoff lead man. As a leadoff man. Uh, fifteen hundred games, two eighty eight batting average, three fifty four OBP, four thirty eight slugging, three hundred seven. Solid. Basis. Nice. Strong. In eighteen seasons. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. Number two. I'll probably get flack for this. You probably will. Uh, Trey Both Turner. Likely. I know he doesn't. He didn't start off hitting leadoff for the Dodgers, but he was the Nationals' leadoff guy. He's hit leadoff his pretty much his whole career. I think he was three hole this past year predominantly, but yes, known as a leadoff he, guy. He spent some time at the leadoff spot this sure. year. Sure, but the Nationals, he was leadoff. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> we might as well just put Judge in your list, man. Yeah. <laughs> the way this is trending. maybe an honorable moment. Yeah. We could just put him in an honorable yeah. mention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's number one in my heart. No, well, we know that. Okay. All right. Trey Turner. Trey Turner. Trey, he's a great player. Trey, unbelievable. I just, best, best player in the so, game. So, but are you guys saying he's not a leadoff? Not now. Well, no. I mean, he's not a leadoff hitter. There's Zach. no guy that that batted leadoff every single game of his career. Uh, I beg to differ. My research Ricky says Henderson. otherwise. That's the only. There's a couple. There's a couple. There's a couple, I there's a couple on my list that that yeah. did. Or at, sure. least, or at least, or at least, until ninety five percent of their career. Until they were forty, when yeah, they started exactly. coming off the bench. I don't dislike the choice. He just doesn't come across me as prototypical 
leadoff guy. That's all. He hits for power. He steals bags. How is he not prototypical leadoff? Because the fact that don't, don't put him in the leadoff spot. If you look leadoff at the lead, if you look at the power. lineup card, he's not at the top of the lineup card usually. He's usually yeah. So Trey Turner. So the very first guy that bats. We're talking about Trey Turner, or Aaron Judge. Yeah, so the very Trey first Turner. guy that bats in a lineup is yes. called the leadoff hitter. The guy yes. with number one next to his name. Yeah. Before number two. I get that. And normally bats after <laughs> So nine. how is he not a prototypical he, I, leadoff batter? I get it. He has games at the leadoff spot. I guess you guys are uh, talking about maybe, right maybe, now. Maybe you're, right, just, you're right. You're right. You're right. off the, for the, the Nationals. The, lead, the leadoff hitters now have changed compared to leadoff I mean, I can, I can switch yeah. it up and say Mookie Betts, and it's the same thing. Mookie Best can hit third and Trey Turner can lead off. It's the same thing. Okay. All right. How is that different? I would, I would think a Mookie Betts is a leadoff guy more than I would think a well, leadoff hitter. Right, yeah. Lead Last off. year, 100%. Leadoff hitters don't hit for power normally. Why can't they? It's a bonus. I, did, I didn't say that they can't. They just normally don't. They're normally when you look at like you, When you look at the model of a They're leadoff the guys, hitter, it's one not and like two are supposed to get bombs. on base for the three, four, five. Not according to the Yankees. Why can't they oh, hit? Why can't, whoa, why can't they hit? Just, would you? Who was, no, who was he number two? Was he number two? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> would you? Would you rather have a guy bunt to get on first base or hit a home run to lead off the game? Would you rather have him hit a home run in the home first inning? Home killers, runs are rally killers. I'm, I'm with that. Hey, that's a run. Runs, you can't. You can't win if you don't score. All right. Who's number one? This can't be a four-hour show. Oh, Zach is hot right now, <laughs> folks. <laughs> number one, Sal it's, Perez. <laughs> no, he's never hit lead off. No, number one. You're I stressing got, the rules here. Number one, I got Ichiro, obviously. Yeah. I mean. That is a leadoff hitter. Obviously a solid choice. <laughs> what do you mean to say? Jimmy Rollins? That a boy. Wait off. Hey, hey, you finish better than you started, and yeah. that's all that matters. Yeah. Job. Proud Whatever. of you, Zach. You got some Ichiro numbers for us? Yeah, hit yes, 380 as I've got Dude, some. Don't worry. so nuts yeah. as rookie year. Yeah, I got them right here. You're going to hear some real hot takes from me, though. Really? Nah, Imagine that. No, nah, just, like just, just one. Just one. Just one. Ichiro. I, I mean, I am vastly different than Zach's list. So. Okay. Ichiro, 1,800 games, 323, 367, 418, 439 stolen bases. Damn. I mean, that that's who I want as my leadoff. Dog. Over everybody. Pretty strong. Again, everybody but, else batted leadoff at some point. At some point. Okay. They, have two, they got two games at leadoff. <laughs> Yeah, Trey, Trey Turner one day had a. I cannot wait. I cannot wait to hear. My that top five list. includes two of your top five. I can't wait. To hear I just have one. <clears throat> Ryan, your list. In the five spot, I have Grady Sizemore. You dog. Yeah. Good choice. Yeah. Good choice. Yeah. Before it was 2010. Now, it, was, it was a short window. It was. But he had a stretch there where he was. I mean, as a White Sox fan, Grady Sizemore was so terrifying. So he's, he's kind of my power terrifying. guy, really, in the leadoff spot. But he had 30. I mean, yeah. he had. That's not, that's not typically what you see at a leadoff, though. It, from really 2004 to 2009. Like field, he could really run. Dude, dude. Sounds like a two or three hole to me. No, he was a leadoff. He guy. was a leadoff hitter. He was a leadoff, guy. and so much fun to watch in the yes. outfield too. Very I mean, good, so much fun. Mm-hmm. From two thousand four to two thousand nine, he had three fifty OBP. He, I don't think he. I think he might have had one year in my research that he batted over three hundred. But I mean, the guys got on base and just swiped bags. Yeah, it was he was so much fun to watch. He, was he really was. He was very scary. He was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, he's a name I contemplated. I don't think he had the staying power. Yeah, because of the injuries and eventually ineffectiveness, but he was sensational player. Uh, number four, I have Juan Pierre. Wow. Yeah. Good. Controversial. Why controversial? Because. Do you know how many home runs he had in his career? 
like Somebody seven. take a guess. Like <laughs> 11 or 12? He had 18 home runs okay. in his career. I think he's he's a classic example of a guy where he would get put at the top of the lineup because he was so stinking fast and because he could swipe bags, but he was never a high on base guy. He was never a high walk rate he, guy. Uh, he, his career average is almost 300. He hit 300. I mean, the guy could hit, yeah. but he was... Even despite the 300, he was not a high OBP guy. I don't have the exact stat, but he, you think he struck out hardly ever. Like in all of his at bats, he hardly struck out. And in the leadoff, man, I mean, that's kind of what we're looking for, right? I mean, you don't want to start off a game. I with like K. the pick. I don't love the pick. Okay, mm-hmm. that's cool. Mm-hmm. Better than Zach's. Uh, number three, so far, I, yes. have, I have. I have Jose Reyes. Yeah. yeah. Another name I contemplated. Yeah. He was pretty nasty Dude, for a while. So much fun to watch. Yeah. So much fun to watch. He, he had 517 stolen bags, had a 78 stolen bag season in 07, 283 average in 16 years, even when he got old. I mean, still able to be in the 280s. It was pretty good. Yeah. Um, he just struck out a lot. He did. Struck out a lot. But did for you guys play? Maybe not John. I'm asking you guys. Did you guys play the bigs? Ageism. The bigs too? Yeah. No. Dude, do you remember no. that? Do you remember the game mode where you had to go throughout the uh, Wrigley Park? No. Against Jose Reyes? Was, was that available on the Atari 2600? It was not. No. I didn't play it. <laughs> no. Sorry. That was, it was an all time game mode, though. Anyways, I got uh, number two. I have Brian Roberts. Another name I considered. Interesting. I, it, it might be a little too high. I wish that's I, a name I, I wish that's a I wish name I changed this list a little history, bit. It's but a, a very high. good player for Baltimore. Number two, a little high. Seems high. It's high. It's high. I was much more afraid of Grady Sizemore than I was of Brian Roberts. And that's I probably would have flipped him. Mm-hmm. But Brian Roberts was good. Great, really player. good. Very good player. Um, and a quintessential leadoff two ni- man. Yeah, two ninety. We need to share with Zach a little closer. Had a. I think he had two or How three years over fifty <laughs> stolen bases. I mean, we can see the vast difference, right? And yeah. I'm looking at a leadoff guy that steals a ton of bags, right? Gets on base, high OBP. Anyways, That's and then number one, number one is Ichiro, three eleven average, five oh nine stolen bags, hundred and seventeen home runs, ten straight years with over two hundred hits. I mean, by the way, it's stolen bases or just bags. I've never heard it called a stolen bag. I got you, man. Up I'm for interpretation. I understand you're a catcher who can never run, but still. John, you're so old. <laughs> Averaged just over 60 Ks per year, too, which is pretty crazy for a leadoff man. Yeah. In yeah. each year's position. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. my list is superior. Next. Big fan. Thanks. Okay. Big fan. Good list. Yeah, you're, all your guys hit leadoff, too. So, so, so did mine. Good job. <laughs> I thought I was going to I thought I was gonna have page. a really big hot take with my number five, but it's also Grace Eismore. Is it? Okay. Yeah, so no, I like it. I wish I had a win before you. Sorry. Really Diddy's phenomenal. Right, Still a little thumber. So we'll just, yeah, we'll get past Grady Sizemore. Number four, mm-hmm. I had to put him in there just being a Braves fan. Raphael for call. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. I That's saw a good that. pull. I, yeah. I thought Stud. about that. That's good. a good pull. Good stud. He could really hit. Oh, man. When did, when did his career end? About 2008. Was it? Yeah. Sounds right. Yeah. Okay, coming in at number three, mm-hmm. Craig Biggio. You know, yeah. got to yeah. put him in there. Yeah, got yeah, to. Yeah. I couldn't, so. So this is where we differ. My number two is Ichiro. Really? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Ooh, yes. Interesting. Surprise alert. Give me the number one. So no, this this won't be that surprising, I feel like. My number one is Kenny Lofton. Yeah. Yeah. He's a little older Good. for me. I mean, a Juan Pierre sort of type I mean, he in led my the, mind. He led no, the no, no, no. He brought much more to the table than Juan Pierre. Yeah. yeah he had, played a much better center field, and he had a lot more power. A lot more power? A lot, a lot more, more power. Yeah. Yes. Like, How Kenny many home Lofton runs did he had hit years, in his career? We had 15, 20 home runs. 
he had 130 home runs in okay. his career. Yeah. All right. He had a year with 17. Kenny Lofton was not a similar player. He also player led to the Pierre. league in bags six straight years. Is that good? Because he could fly. Yeah. He could absolutely But fly. I also really I want to throw out I, we talked about how it was going to be like people that we saw playing. And I mean, I never saw this guy play, but he was my coach at one point. Sure, go ahead. Ricky man. Henderson. Yeah, go on. I mean, yeah. If, if I would have saw him That's play, what, he's yeah. he would have been my he's, number one. 100%. Yeah, he's obviously the number, probably I've, the number I've one. I've seen him guy. in person. Yeah. Just never seen him. I was him very, play. it was very. Handcuffed here in my uh, young age. I mean, he's definitely yeah, that's true. It was overall. handcuffed, man. He could probably still be a pinch runner today. He could. I, I mean, sure. Ricky, he Vigio, played Ricky, Ricky fast. Ricky Vigio fast. and Ricky would have been on my list, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. For okay. Sure. It's time for my list. A little more yeah, inclusive. That's okay. There's going to be a name that I don't know. I actually know have. There's not going to be no Honus Wagner here, okay? But I have number five, Kenny Lofton. So 1991 to 2007, his career. Career on base percentage of 372 out of the leadoff spot. Yeah, Much That's about 60 points higher than your boy Juan Pierre. 622 steals, 79.5% stolen base rate. Pretty high. 100-plus runs six times. He led the league in stolen bases five times. And again, as a White Sox fan, when he was at the top of the order in Cleveland, he was terrifying. If he got on base in front of guys like uh, Albert Bell and Jim Tomey and uh, uh, Roberto Alomar and... Um, I'm going blank. Carlos Baerga. I mean, that was a. When was his career over? Kenny Lofton? 07. Yeah. 07. 07. 07. Uh, by the way, all the guys I picked were in the bigs a long, long time and pretty long careers. Yeah. Um, number four for me, I feel one of the more underrated players in baseball history, and I think just now finally got in the Hall of Fame, is Tim Raines. Mm. Tim Raines from 1979 to 2002. I mean, mm -hmm. he played That's a long 23 career. seasons, I believe. Career on base percentage in the leadoff spot, 385, 808 stolen bases, 84.7% successful. That's basically six out of seven. He was almost never thrown out. He scored 100-plus runs six times. He led the league in stolen bases four times. Uh, he was, again, sort of lost to history, but the classic prototypical 80s and 90s leadoff guy. He was a little bit more of a power guy later in his career when he played for the White Sox and the Yankees. But when he was with the, the Expos back in the day, he was mm -hmm. something else. Mm -hmm. Number three for me is Craig Biggio. Love it. Three, 63 career on base, 414 steals, 77%, a little low. He got thrown out. Um, but he did score 100-plus runs eight times, and I love this stat. He is second all-time in hit-by-pitches. I love that as a leadoff guy. He yeah. got plunked 285 times. Also, at one point, was a catcher. Yeah, yes. did, he catch, did he catch a lot in his career? His first, like, three years. He, he came up as a catcher. He, he didn't throw particularly well, so they eventually moved him to second base. And then the second base started to go a little bit. They moved him to the outfield. I think he was kind of a minus defender everywhere he played. Was he, he life, was, a, was he lifetime with the Strohs? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like 21 years with the Astros. Uh, 88 to 2007. 20 full seasons. Number two for me. The only guy to make all our list? Ichiro. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Dude's a go. 2001 yeah. to 2019. Yeah. I think to this day he's still wearing batting gloves. Now his on-base percentage, <laughs> career on base is 355, the lowest on the list. Now he could hit, but again, he was not a high walk guy. He just put the ball in play. Yeah. Didn't strike out, didn't walk. He put the ball in play. But 509 steals, successful 81.3% of the time. He scored 100-plus runs his first eight years in a row with the Mariners. He had 200-plus hits 10 times. 
almost nobody gets 200 hits anymore. He had one season with 262 hits. That's a sick number. It that, is. That, that's two seasons yeah. worth for your typical solid uh, yeah. major league. I will say before I knew who that was, before I really knew who Ichiro was, I went to a Royals game. They were playing the Mariners, and I think he hit a just a weak ground ball to shortstop and and beat it out. And I watched him run down the line, and mm-hmm. that was the most insane well, three, thing I've ever seen. Steps out of the box. Yeah, I've I mean, never seen somebody. I know, <laughs> yeah. but I've never. I was like, that is the fastest guy I've ever seen on the probably one of the field. fastest home to first ever. Dude, yeah. just unreal. He would get a running start. It does help. Also the running start yeah. rifle from the outfield. Yeah, oh, I was yeah. about to say yeah. Just, yeah. if you watch him throw from right field, oh, amazing. So yeah, probably a top watch. 10 arm from the outfield in baseball yeah. history. Yeah. Number one for me, again, I saw him play. You guys did not. It's got to be the GOAT. It's got to be Ricky Henderson. Yeah. Yeah, 1979 to 2003, he played 25 seasons. He seemingly wore every uniform. <laughs> yeah, sure did. Career on base percentage. Career of 401. Good God. You want that as a leadoff guy? Sure do. Absolutely. 1,408 yes, stolen bases. You talk about a record that will never be broken. I mean, a single was a double. That is the equivalent yeah. of yep. stealing 70 bags a year for 20 years in a row. Yeah. <laughs> These I mean, days, you lead the league geez. with about 40. Yeah. I mean, so I would, know it's a different game. He would score tagging up from second. Yeah. Fly <laughs> he ball, was deep fly ball. unreal. 80.8% successful stealing bases, 100 plus runs 13 times, second all time with 2,190 walks. Only Barry Bonds has more. The 81 goat. career leadoff home runs. Zach, you want a guy to start the game one to nothing? Absolutely. 81. Yep. I think the next highest is Alfonso Soriano with 50 and change. That's another so good one, too. He starts you one to nothing. Yeah, but I didn't, I, I I didn't want to put Alfonso in there because he's not a leadoff hitter. He was a when leadoff he, hitter when with he the went Yankees. To the, but when he went to the Cubs, he was not a leadoff no, hitter. He was, he was a middle of the order guy. Yeah, three, four, five. Nationals, middle of the order guy. Right. But you can't put him in a leadoff. No. Or else I absolutely would have put Alfonso in there. I would have. He's on all of the lists. But when I saw Alfonso play, he was not a leadoff hitter. Right. He's a guy. But they batted him leadoff just because he was fast, not because he was a typical leadoff guy. Right. And eventually the power became more valuable and he didn't run as much. I'd just like to point out that on the list that Ryan used for his <laughs> rankings, Derek Jeter is ahead of four of his guys on the list. Was he a leadoff hitter? It's what, yeah, since 2009. He did hit a lot of leadoff just later in his career. Was Trey Turner the leadoff? They had to hide in Nationals, somewhere. or was it Adam Eaton? Might Maybe the Adam playoff Eaton. run. Was I think, Adam I think Eaton. in the World Series, he was leadoff. Okay. Research. But, We're supposed yeah, to do that before the show, you guys. But yeah, I, I, that's all well, I'm Zach's saying. Zach's throwing is, out names that are question marks. Honorable mention Shohei Otani. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nice pitcher. Leading off and the ace. He let off the all-star game. That's true. But does the prototypical leadoff man, so I mean, does that even really exist in today's game? Now no, it just seems no. like just no. get that, the highest that, OBP guy up there. That's why I, I love when Rizzo or Judge uh, hits leadoff. I mean, I'd rather him get in, in the first inning than leading off the, the second inning. I guess we got to put Trey it. Turner yeah. was hitting leadoff was he? Okay. in the World Weird. Series. Yeah. Weird. What does he hit now? Third. Yeah, yeah because – yeah. But if Mookie Betts wasn't on the team, he's batting leadoff. I mean, realistically, we also when, when put, Mookie Betts went down on the IR, we also he, uh, could, he batted mean, leadoff or the we could IL. Put Acuna up Dude, there too. Hey, Zach, sure. it's your list. I'm put just judge saying, on you it. can't you can't We're discount my list. Acuna is ne- nobody's, nobody's, never not bat leadoff though. So he's he's great. True. Yeah. Two yeah. Eight, two eighty. I don't know. All I'm saying is, 
They put Derek Jeter higher up on. Do we see that player making a comeback? Who? who I know what list you use. I know guys like this, you know, predate you. But are we going to see any more Willie Wilson type players? Are we going to see any more Vince Coleman type players? No. Go back. Go back down to Jeter. You guys. You guys. Go back down to Jeter and read about him. Yeah, it says Chuck Knobloch and uh, Alfonso Soriano took their hats before him. Right. And then it says Derek Jeter entrenched in the leadoff spot since 2009 to 2014. That I would I would consider that qualifying as a leadoff Pretty long hitter. stretch. Yeah, but not, not when you play not when you play 22 <laughs> years, 17 I mean, of 17 on. of the years. Come on, what? when I think of Derek Jeter, I do not think leadoff man. I, think, I, I do I think because that's that's when I grew up watching him okay. pretty much for the most part. Okay, you 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 have fair like, enough. You I had like 16 years of him not being the leadoff hitter that you saw him play. I was born in '95. I didn't really, I didn't really watch baseball years. until any glaring omissions. Anybody we didn't cover? Not really. Anybody think, from today's game? I mean, I wish I was able to oh, add yeah. some more, or I wish I was. You know, I will say Alfonso Soriano and Jose Reyes were were obviously I was considering them as well. No hat tip to a Mike Trout. No, he's not a leadoff guy. Started as one. Started as I don't understand. We, can, we can't keep saying. I, I don't just, want my leadoff hitter so. looking like Brock Lesnar. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I don't want. I don't want that, dude. He uh, used to be a little twig when he came up. Twig, though. Come dude. On, dude. What is a twig to you? You so could fly. Harper. No, I'm kidding. He, at, he his, twig. at his lightest, he's like two thirty. But compared to what he looks like now, he yeah. was he was skinny. He looks like a UFC right. fighter. But the prototypical. I got one more thing I'm going to throw at you about Ricky Henderson. Ricky Henderson, because I came across this, thought it was amazing. We're talking about the prototypical leadoff guy, not someone who starts there and eventually moves to the middle of the order, not someone who fails later in his career and is hitting the eight hole. Ricky Henderson has less than 100 career plate appearances at every other batting spot in the entire order. Didn't matter if he was 21, didn't matter if he was 41, didn't matter if he was wearing an A's uniform, a Yankees uniform, a Padres uniform, I mean, that uniform, is a, a Mets uniform. guy. He was a leadoff yeah, I mean, guy. Yeah. Ricky Fewer Fares, than 100 yeah. plate appearances at any other spot in the order. Yeah. And this is a guy who hit 28 home runs in yeah, the season once for the A's. He was the man. Crazy. Love you, Zach. But he was the man. Love you. Okay. <laughs> All right, it's time to take a break. But when we come back, we're going to get to know our beloved baseball instructor, Sam Bragg, just a little bit better. The Clueless Joe podcast is brought to you by Tanner Tees, the best batting tees for your baseball or softball player. Made with premium, durable materials and assembled in Sarasota, Florida. Invented by Joe Tanner in 1988 and perfected over 30 years, every Tanner Tee represents the very best in the business. Here at DBAT Nashville, we feature the heavy model in all of our cages and also sell them in our pro shop. It's a tough, professional quality weighted batting tee with a flexible, hand-rolled rubber cone that's perfect for baseball, fast pitch, and slow pitch. This heavy-duty batting tee is designed with a 10-pound, claw-style base for extra stability on any hitting surface, sturdy enough to stay upright through the occasional mishit. To learn more, go to TannerTees.com or visit your local D-Bat. Okay, let's put the spotlight on our boy here, Sam Bragg. Yo. Born in Marietta, Georgia, a product of Wheeler High School. Go Wildcats. Yeah, go Cats, man. <laughs> Went to Georgia Perimeter College in Covington, Georgia. Go Jags. Selected by the Oakland Athletics in the 18th round of the 2013 Major League Baseball Draft. Go A's. Rookie League, Low A, High A, Double A, Arizona Fall League twice, Triple A, 
Independent bad. ball in Iowa. Independent ball in Nebraska. If there's a bus in Texas, chances are he's rode on oh, it. Oh, yeah. If there's a motel in California, chances are he's slept in it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Grade eight, baby. But Stocked now. Howard Johnson. <laughs> circuitous route, but now he's one of our most seasoned and popular instructors here at DBAT. Sam, thanks for letting us have a little fun with you here oh, today. of course. Beautiful. Love it. So. Just go to the Wayback Machine here, highly decorated player in high school. You committed to your favorite school, Georgia, but you ended up going the JUCO route. Just sort of take us back to that decision-making process and how you ended up where you did. Uh, well, Georgia at the time was the worst team in the SEC. And I knew out of high school, probably wasn't going to go high enough or get the money that I wanted. And so I decommitted. I had uh, my old high school coach actually like called me and was like, hey, I know you're looking for the draft, so you should maybe go the JUCO route. And I was like, JUCO, that's where bad baseball players go. Sorry, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Um, JUCO bandit. So then I, I like looked into it, and I saw that you could get drafted after a year or two, and I was like, you know, not the biggest fan of school at that time. So I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> or at any time, I yeah, guess. Yeah, at any time, yeah. I think the last time I cared was probably about sixth grade. <laughs> we, didn't go to, we didn't go to school to play, play school. No, I, yeah, I didn't go to school, yeah. Um, so once I found that out, I was like, wow, that actually seems like that could be my thing. And so I took a visit to Georgia Perimeter, and they were, at the time, the number two JUCO in the country, and they had had a few draft picks, a couple big leaguers too. So I was like, I think this is going to be my route, and so I did. So you sort of alluded to it there. You know, there's a lot of people who are just automatically dismissive of JUCO baseball, and it has sort of a stigma to it. But it's a tremendous option for a lot of kids academically, athletically, and otherwise. So does it deserve the rapid gets? I mean, now that you came through it, tell no, us your no, experience. No, JUCO was one of the best experiences I've, I've ever had in my life. I what, love, what's I, unique about it? Uh, I mean, it's just like, especially from where I was at, like they put us all in an apartment. Like It was like I had five roommates. So like, and everybody on the team was like super close to it. Like the apartments were super close to each other. So we were like always around like all 30 guys on the team all the time. It felt like really like a family more than anything that I've ever been a part of. We were together like all day, every day. So I would say that like grinding with those guys, like everyone's trying to go, like everyone's trying to go to like a big school out of there. Everyone, you know, everyone's trying to go to like a major college or get drafted. And it was just like everybody working super hard while also trying to win at the same time. So I don't know. It was so, just it was a fun feel to it. So that's interesting though, because I mean, some JUCOs out there, maybe that's just kind of your thirteenth grade playing yeah. at, a, at a high school, and you're not really. But obviously, from what you're making, it seem like there's a, there's a purpose going. Oh, there. there is a purpose. I mean, the competition wasn't always amazing, but like I played against a bunch of guys in JUCO that are you know household names in the big leagues yeah. that are doing well, but like. So the school part of it was kind of like did feel like it was like the 13th grade. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. The school right, part of sure. it was not difficult. For sure. No. So when there's a game on here in the pro shop and we're just wasting time between lessons, what have you, before the day gets going, you seemingly have a story about just about every single guy who comes on the television. Doesn't matter if he's <laughs> on the hill. Doesn't matter if he's in the batter's box. Just exactly how tangled is this web for you just from being in the minors all those years? Oh, I mean, the baseball world's like crazy. Like you'll always like you'll run into like once you've played long enough, you will run into somebody random that plays baseball that somehow like you could run into somebody from Arizona and they went to high school with this guy who went to high school with this guy who's friends with this person. 
So like, there's always like some small connection. There isn't a day that goes by that Sam doesn't go. Yeah, I played with that guy. Yeah, well, yeah, also, no yeah also not a day that goes played, by. Just like our connection. But, yeah, play, played for <laughs> ten Black years, Black. so it's like my. Yeah, you know, I know a lot of people now. Yeah, from either playing against them or playing with them. And I happen to be with an organization that signs free agents. So like, you know, guys that are like on their last <laughs> yeah, leg yeah. of their playing career, they could have been household names at one point. Shout out they, Billy Bean. Yeah, but they end up being a minor leaguer with the A's, so they end up playing with me. Yeah, <laughs> they end up being my teammate. Now, one thing I've always found curious is now some minor leagues are hitter friendly, and some minor leagues are pitcher friendly. So when someone like yourself is bouncing around from the Midwest League to the California League to the Texas League. The game seems to be literally played differently. So what kind of adjustments do you have to make as a hitter and specifically yourself as a pitcher? Uh, well, as a, I mean, so our rookie ball short season in low A, pretty pitcher friendly for the most part. So I like felt like I didn't really have to pitch, just throw strikes, try to find a way to get outs. Like you could throw it down the middle, somebody could connect, and that ball's not going over the fence. But when I got – I feel like my biggest jump was to high A playing in the Cal League where there's 55-mile-an-hour winds blowing out to all parts of the field every day, you had to actually learn how to pitch. And so for me, like my first month, I think I gave up 14 runs in like seven innings. That's like, a lot. Four home runs, yeah. Nice, dude. <laughs> yeah, man. And then like I was like, okay, like now I have to actually learn how to locate. Like 95's not sneaking by anybody. And do you feel like that was competition-based or be- because the winds were I, so crazy. I that year didn't give up a home run to someone that hit higher than six in the order. Really? So is that when you're in low A though? Is that something like while you're there? That's something you're like, hey, maybe I should learn to locate just in case, even though I don't have to. I mean, you like you would hear the horror stories of pitching in the Cal League for high, but like you're not in high. Like you're in low, so you're just so gonna you take advantage of what. Yeah, you don't. You don't ever. You don't ever like make that adjustment of learning how to pitch. You just kind of stick you to what to. you're doing. Like whatever's working, you kind of just stick to it. Yeah. Now, aside from velo and location, that like obviously that's always paramount to being a pitcher. But what about the spin of the baseball? Did you ever make a a move from one organization to another, or maybe one league to another, and all of a sudden the cutter's not really cutting and the slider's not really sliding and that the ball is literally operating differently out of your hand. Yeah, no, I, yeah. When the same, when I got to highs, when I first started using the, the sticky stuff, started, <laughs> What's di- started diving into some shout out spider tech. Nobody, nobody does spider tech. Stick them. Yeah. Sponsored by so that's when I, I started using that and I saw the, spin <laughs> rate, saw the spin rates go up, saw the curveballs a little sharper, kind of helped me out a little bit. How different are those baseballs from league to league? Um, Throughout, there, well, now that they're they're a lot different now. So I mean, well, not a lot different, but like AAA uses big league balls, right? Just, okay, they yeah. just have a AAA stamp on gotcha. them. Yeah. But double A and down, it's like a step above college, maybe. Right. Like the laces are the laces are still decently thick. Like you can really like pull off of the laces and like the lower levels, but for the most part, I mean, they're all the same. And how much use does your typical low A minor league baseball get? as opposed to a major league baseball that a second it gets even a hint of a scuff, it's pitched and it's a souvenir. Oh, it's the same thing. Okay. That ball, that ball is hit down the line. You're not using it again. Nice. Okay. Yeah, they, okay. Don't, they don't, they don't recycle them. Okay. Uh, fast here. Most high, high profile guy you've struck out. Uh, I know. Yeah, I know, I know it. We already know. Go ahead and say it. 
Well, I got a, I mean, I got a few that I, I mean, oh, come on. When it co- okay. So when it comes to high profile, I'm going to say Cody Bellinger just mm-hmm. because he's won an MVP. Now it's pretty you know, high it, profile. It doesn't look as good now. Yeah. You could probably lot, get him today, people, right? Yeah. yeah, I could, yeah probably. <laughs> just up and in, man. Just really <laughs> what, Was he as big though at that time? Yeah, he was huge. Okay. Yeah, he was a he was a 280-30 home run guy as a 19 to 21 year old. Okay, and you're I've where, played. and he's where, and what's the situation? Now? Um, faced him in high A, uh, struck him out there, and the one time I faced him, faced him in double A, during the season, punched him out I think three times, and then in the fall league twice. Okay. I just like I knew exactly where he didn't want the ball. And some, and the way I looked at it was like they had a lot of guys in their lineup that were like super dangerous, and when he came up, I was like, I really have to lock it in here, or this dude's gonna put me on TV. <laughs> yeah. Like this dude's gonna embarrass me, and I always locked it in for him, and it was yeah. always very miserable for him. But then like another guy for their team would come up, and I'm like, ah, he's not as good. I just got Bellinger out. Yeah, <laughs> and then he'd put me in the parking lot. Yeah. Okay. One or two more high profile guys on the uh, list. Skins on the wall. <laughs> Alex Bregman. Pretty good one. Three, yeah, he's, he's three fastballs. That's all it took. Um, really? Yeah. Just took took all three of them. And all three of them. My Didn't honestly, swing. honestly, He's just getting visuals, you know. Yeah. And this, I'll I'll stick to this one just because I enjoyed it a lot. But I faced uh, Shinsu Chu nice. on a rehab sure. a rehab sure. appearance, and uh, I came in. I think it was like the sixth or seventh inning, and struck him out once again. Three pitches, struck him out. Super excited about it, but then one of my buddies <laughs> rehabbing or not rehabbing, playing with Frisco in Double A, told me after the game that he wasn't swinging; he was just tracking pitches the whole mm. game. I didn't even pay attention to the fact that he <laughs> struck out every at bat. <laughs> I was I was a little bummed out when I found that. Should have told you that. I told you He was like, "Oh yeah, he was just tracking today." He's like, "He'll start swinging next week." What a bummer! <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Ah, oh, that's cool." <laughs> what side man. of the coin? Most high-profile guy to take you deep? Oh, Austin Riley's one of them. Let's go. Okay, uh, that message Riley. has been sent. Yeah, so. Austin, Austin Riley's up. We're holding there. you to that one, Zach. I, yeah, I said I, I reached out. I helped him get a cycle one time, so that was cool. One of uh, you said it was a three-run three bomb too. Yeah, to was, finish the cycle. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, <laughs> that's kind of cool. Yeah, it was a good one. Um, I'm trying to think like the biggest problem is like, I really did just give up home runs to like, I gave, I gave up so many people's first professional home run. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, nice. Like dudes just sneaking it over the fence. Maybe they're like, only two. Yeah, oh only. yeah. The one of them, uh, Aaron Barbosa for the Mariners, the dude never made it above high and he had one home run and it was off. Yeah, boy. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. It's like a 140 pound lead. It's actually pretty impressive. Yeah. yeah it's your nice. Head on oh yeah. It's nice. Um, <laughs> God, I'm trying to think if I like, I mean, in double A, I feel like I gave up so many, but I feel like it was to nobody that was worthwhile. <laughs> That's a oh, Texas thing, uh, right? I mean, when it comes to high profile, like I gave up one, I gave up a really good one to a uh, Fran Mill Reyes. Okay, like a really big boy, really good home big run. boy. Like, is, oh, he's, he's massive. He's yeah. Oh, he's when he's standing up at the plate. Dude, I mean, what are you looking at? He's got oh, a lot of holes in his swing, six, but that is a big dude. Six six two ninety. I mean, just, just a, a man. Yeah. nicest human in the world. Is he really? Oh, he's a sweetheart. Just a gem. Okay. okay. But the man is mean to baseballs. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> like, he is. He, he hit that. I would say that that's probably the furthest one I gave up during my career was to him. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Best minor cool. league teammate you had who made it to the big leagues? Best minor league. T- it's between two. 
I'm gonna go with our very own James Nail, mm-hmm. nice. of course. And then nice. shout out D-Bat uh, Nashville. Yeah, my my favorite teammate that I've had that's made it uh, is probably Kyle Finnegan, uh, reliever for the Nationals. Okay, yeah, yeah. he's a guy that we, yeah we both we both got drafted. We got to Arizona at the same time. We were each other's first throwing partners. We pretty much played together our whole time together. Roommates like four years. So I'd say that's probably like my favorite one. Okay. Slippier question. The worst teammate you ever had who made it to the majors. A guy who you played with on some level, A ball, double A. You just did not envision him to the big leagues. And before you know it, there he is. Oh, not like, okay. Uh, <laughs> Wait, did, that, that made the big leagues? <laughs> yeah. Okay. A guy um, who made the big, a, a name we know, someone who made the show that you didn't think had the stuff. Not a third baseman. A guy. A guy that I didn't think was going to make it. And I don't know if it's a name that you would know, but he had some pretty significant time up there. His name is Jacob Brugman. He played about mm-hmm. played about 90 games with the A's, I think, okay. somewhere in, in that range, and then played a little bit the next year. But he hit 260 every level of the minor leagues. Like, I'm not even kidding. Like, literally, it's like 260 every year. He went to the That's fall crazy. league. 260 and you know what he did when he went to the big leagues hit 260 he hit 260 wow he had one he had one he had one year where he hit two he hit 260 in double a repeated hit 260 got called up to triple a and hit like 280 okay then the next year was hitting i think actually was doing pretty well to start it was like in april and he got called up Hmm. now was it a hard 260 uh he hit home runs he did uh he kind of started he's a pretty big guy kind of early on didn't have a lot of bombs and kind of started tapping into the power a little bit okay what position did he play outfield was he but he wasn't like the crazy part with the reason why it's so shocking like i've seen guys hit 260 and make it up all the time but like he was the pick before me for no money okay like he didn't get a lot of money he just the right people liked him okay and which is actually all you need to make it you just have to have one guy of power on your side and it certainly helps i can see that yeah, and it benefited him a lot. Hmm. All right, let's get a little more serious with the questions here. If Ooh. you take a peek at your baseball reference page, Oof. you were absolutely on the path. I oh, mean, yeah. you're getting promoted every year or two. You're having some success. You get some really good competition. But then the arm starts to hurt. And eventually, Tommy John surgery. So when did that begin? And how long did you pitch with it? And at what point did you say... I can't do this anymore. It's time to go into the night. Oh, man. So I went to my first Arizona Fall League 2016, did great. The second year, I did not want to go back at all. And our pitching coordinator was like, hey, like, what do you think about going back to the Fall League? And I was like, I don't really want to do it. But then he was like, really good opportunity if you go out there and pitch well to be big league rule five. And I was like, okay. Like, he was asking me as like an alternate for someone if they got hurt. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'll do it if that's the case. So I was supposed to go home from the season and continue to play catch. And I did not do that. (laughs) And so I texted, once again, texted uh, James. He was out in Arizona for Instructional League. And the one guy that I knew I would be replacing, I was like, how is he doing? And he was like, oh, he pitched yesterday. Says he feels fantastic. And I was like, perfect. Definitely not throwing anymore. <laughs> so another week and a half goes by. I get a text from our pitching coordinator that says, have you been throwing? And I'm like, sure have. Because <laughs> I'm expecting him I'm expecting him to say, okay, we'll shut it down. We're good. Mm-hmm. 
And he says, perfect, your flight's at 6 a.m. tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Oh my. And I just finished a workout, and I was like, oh, my God. I was like, I haven't thrown in a month. Oh, I was geez. like, oh, no. Yikes. So I, I go, I grab my buddy Brad, and I'm like, dude, I got to I gotta play catch like right now. Brad like a Keller? Real, like a, yeah, Brad Ooh. Keller. Like a real game of catch right now. And he's like, yeah, man, sure. And so I just start ripping fastballs out. Oh, jeez. Yeah, just like we played. Obviously, I didn't just get out yeah, there and yeah, just yeah. start throwing as hard as I could. But like we played catch. I did some pull downs. Stupid. Mm-hmm. And then started, you know, throwing my pitches at him. And I threw a pitch and I felt a pop in my elbow. And I was like, it did. It wasn't like excruciatingly painful, but like it felt awkward. And it was different. It was yeah. different. Yeah. And it like my arm just felt weird. It felt like, I don't know. I felt like when I grabbed the baseball, like I wasn't fully grabbing it. And so I was like, all right, whatever. I'll deal with it. I'll be fine. I'll figure it out. Rub some dirt on it. So went out to the fall league, did okay. I, I think my first couple outings weren't great. And then I went out, I ended up pitching really well. Um, was anything different? Like Velo? Yeah, no. The Actually, well, the during the fall league, the Velo was fine. Like I, was, I think I was like 90, 94. Like everything was okay. Going to spring training the following year, uh, pitched really well throughout the whole spring. Opening night. I, I threw, I think, two and a third, two and two thirds or something. Did really well. Was like 90 to 94. Like, I was like, oh, we're good. I'm just mentally, like, need to get over the arm thing. Like, I'm good. Yeah. Like, I'm just soft. It's just a mental hop. It's just a mental thing. And so, <laughs> oh, after that outing, I did not throw a fastball over 90 miles an hour. Oof. And so, it once again, never hurt. Yeah. But, like, it just felt like my arm could never get loose. Like it all, like imagine like, you know, if you, you know, we've all been sore at some point, just imagine that that's like, you know, you're sore every day of the season. Yeah. Like it just always, is it strictly elbow or is yeah. it just, okay. And meanwhile, fast forward, you get a start here in Nashville for yeah. the sounds at the AAA level and you're still feeling this way. Oh yeah. At that, at that point, nobody, I, mean, I nobody noticed. Highest, I assume no, that's the they, highest profile start of your minor yeah, league career. Yeah, no, no, everyone noticed. And actually before I came up here, uh, my double A pitching coach goes, Hey man, I know that you haven't admitted to what's going on, but he goes, I just want you to know that the numbers you've put up this year are pretty impressive with your stuff right now. So it was, it was apparent to everybody. Everybody knew I had, I think I had three or four sit down meetings with guys in our front office and our coordinators and stuff to try and figure out what mechanically was wrong with me. But deep down I knew, but deep down I knew like I, there was a point where I actually asked for a break like maybe like give me like a week off and see how I respond. And they did. And it didn't change anything. What, at the, all. what are the trainers saying? Uh, I mean, I'm sure that you're doing arm care I mean, stuff. The, yeah. I'm, I did all the arm care stuff, but I mean, there's nothing they can say really. Like if you're but saying, are they, are they knowing like they, they know or my, probably, I was, but I was, he's not saying I was it. very close with my double a trainer and he, I, you could tell that he knew something was off, but like I'm telling, I'm like, I'm good, man. I'm just tired. Yeah, I haven't yeah. like I never had an off season. Like I kind of just rode with the lie that like I was dead because I never had. Like it was just de- I was yeah. dead arm. That's what it was. Yeah. It was just dead arm. I throw through it. It'll come back. Yeah. You can you can get an MRI in a half an hour. What what was the delay? They actually are like weirdly. MRIs are scary. They're weirdly stingy with the MRIs in the minor leagues. I don't. I, I don't that. know. Okay. And I don't know. I've, Especially in the A's, probably. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't know if that's. I've heard other organizations like the Angels like were the same way with one of my buddies. He had to get one on his own, and pay for it. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Sounds like Artie. So I yeah. So leave the A's, go into indie ball. I actually randomly had a couple outings in indie ball where I was throwing ninety five, and I was like, man, I really am soft. Like. 
I just, I clicked on this day. Like what happened? What happened? So just completely fast forward through that year. Cause it was just miserable. I come back for the COVID year, play indie ball again. I make my first start did really well, but in like the fifth inning, I struck a dude out to end the inning on a cutter. I threw the pitch, felt like the lower half of my arm went with the ball. Good. Good. Feeling. Yeah, man. So I was like, well, that was awful. So then the next outing, I start. I'm throwing like 90, 91 in the first inning. Second inning. How do you not, second dude. inning after you feel that? How do you yeah. not second inning? Shut it down. I don't know. I didn't even play catch Gosh, in between my dude. stars. So second inning, um, 87, 88. Third inning, like 84, 87. And then by the six, I think I threw six or seven in that start. By the <laughs> end, of, by the end of it, I was throwing in like the mid to upper seventies. And I remember oh I had, my. I went seven innings, three runs, had bases loaded, two outs in uh, the last inning. Threw a three-two fastball. I got a broken back ground ball. I come in, our manager high fives me and goes, "Ballsy move to throw a change up there." And I said, "You're <laughs> oh. right." I said, "You're right. It was. And you're so right. It was. Oh yeah. I did it." Uh, By the eighth inning, you're trying to just teach a, yourself a knuckleball, just a four-seam fastball right <laughs> out of the middle. He's out in front on broken back. <laughs> but I, uh, so I initially like I, I had an outing like before I got looked at at all. I had my best friend actually come visit me and I was like, I was like, shake your head. No, if the fastball is not 88 or higher. And I was like, I'm gonna throw the first pitch of the game as hard as I possibly can. And you tell me what it is and I'll know. Cause nobody's in the stands. It was the COVID year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I let this thing rip loud pop of the glove, like beautiful painted away fastball. What was it on the radar? And I look at my buddy and he's shaking his head and I'm like, oh, and I turn around 81. (laughs) So I actually take a perfect game into the fifth. This team rallies off 11 straight hits. That's when it really like the luck was running out. Yeah. I had no strikeouts in the game. And so I get, so I get taken out, whatever I tell the trainer, I'm like, Hey, I need to, I need to get my elbow looked at. Like it's, it's awful. And, uh, so we go do the UCL test. I pass all the tests. Oh my gosh. I passed all the tests. So they give me a cortisone shot. Yeah. Shoot it up take two weeks off two week throwing program back in the games. Now as a reliever first outing 1992 did really well. I'm like, okay, the cortisone shots doing it. Second outing, 90-92, dominated. I'm like, cool, we're back. The next outing, two innings, very stressful innings, like bases loaded through like 58 pitches. So, like, I got through it, but then, like, our manager's like, all right, he can get through that. Maybe he can go back-to-back now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I go out there the very next night. I throw 14 pitches. Not one even goes near the dirt of the catcher. Mm. And then the last one I threw, I threw it like 38 feet straight into the ground. And I just looked at our trainer and like told him to come out. Yeah. Next day I got an MRI. Uh, two days later, <laughs> I get a call from the doctor and he's like, Hey Sam, uh, it's one of the worst elbows I've ever seen. And I if, I'm sure it was. And if you want to work in the working world, you're going to have to get Tommy John surgery. Hmm. Well, I that's going like, to lead me to probably the toughest question I'm going to ask you. Um, we just watched Justin Verlander come back from his Tommy John surgery at his age and win a Cy Young award and almost look better than ever. And there are some guys who literally come back stronger post-surgery than they were pre-surgery. And I'm assuming at some level you were hoping to be one of those guys, Yeah. but you got the surgery, you get back into it and by your own admission did not have the best outcome. 
So what were some of the highs and lows of that process? Obviously, there's more lows than highs. I mean, what it all boiled down to was when I came back one, it was like super awkward to pitch in a game, like face, like like I've faced hitters, like, you know, like playing in men's leagues, like having people step in where it's like, there's no pressure. But then like, as soon as you get on the mound and there's 7,000 people there, you kind of like forgot that feeling. Yeah. And you're like, like I was super nervous almost every outing. And it felt like, and I also felt like I had no idea where the ball was going because I hadn't been in a game setting. And so I was like, kind of like, I've never been a guy that's walked people. And I think like I had more walks in like 14 innings this year than I did in all of 2019. Jeez. So I was just, there was a nerves factor going into it. I never like really settled in. And then like, was were, that, was that nerves about your arm or was, was that nerves was, just because it was, it's, you're in that environment? It was, again. it was both. It like I I didn't feel comfortable with the arm. It still like didn't feel amazing. Yeah. To throw like after outings, like I was I was always in the training room doing stuff. Yeah. Um, and then it had to do a lot with you know I had to readjust like you know like my first outing I think I came in in a two to one game gave up a three run home run for to get the loss. Good feeling. Yeah. So like. Going back into like having people boo you and like yeah. you know no, yell, absolutely. yelling while you're on the mound like to take this guy out you're yeah. like the confidence is not going to oh, go through man. the roof. No, no, it's, definitely it's game not. two, those, game two of a hundred games. Those season. Lincoln, nice. those Lincoln folks. Oh they man, they care. Around. They Holy care. Yeah. Dang, can't imagine playing football there. Gee, yeah. oh yeah. All right, let's spin it forward to cheerier topics, if that's okay. Where you are now, you're one of our again most popular instructors here and very accomplished and. One thing that we make an effort not to do is to hand you like a guidebook that says, this is how we want you to do a teaching lesson or a, I'm sorry, a pitching lesson here at DBAT. We want you to bring your own knowledge and your own experience to the cage and we want you to be you. So let's say a kid is nine years old, a kid like mine, you know, he's never pitched before. He's learning for the first time. How do you walk him through that process? How do you even walk the parents through that process of graduating from the coach pitch kid to the kid pitch kid? I mean, when it comes to that age, I mean, you're realistically trying to go, I mean, it's baby steps, realistically, it's as elementary as it gets, like teaching them first off the proper ways to actually pitch like a leg lift, pushing off the rubber, bringing your back leg through. Like, I mean, even coming set. Yeah, yeah. even co- like, oh, coming set I mean, takes forever. At that point, even gripping com- the baseball. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, you're still probably just working on the throwing mechanics. Oh, yeah. Just I mean, throw the baseball. I mean, yeah, a kid that age normally can't even grip the ball like a normal fastball grip, so they're throwing with Three you know a palm, basically. Right. Yeah. Like they're bare, you know, like they're bare <laughs> paw on that baseball. <laughs> so you're trying to find a way to navigate like how they're going to be able to throw that in the strike zone. Yeah. yeah. But like, yeah, it's just like, I mean, every little step – than when it comes to pitching. And then as soon as they like get more of an understanding for that and things become more fluid, you can kind of start incorporating like, you know, like how to drive off, like what to do with your back leg and your hips. But for the most part, it's, you know, at that age, it's about throwing strikes. So teaching them actually the mechanics is what's going to help them the most. Okay. Now the occasional high school kid who's got some actual talent Uh, working with someone like yourself with your resume. How do you get him from 85 to 90? How do you get him from, fastball curveball to sinker cutter slider change i mean that that's what goes using the i mean high school kids like i even look back at me like i threw hard in high school but i had no idea how to use my body i was just up there doing it somehow and so like for these kids it's like it's easy to like look at a video and i mean depending on i always like to try and see like the kid like if it's a high school kid like their build and how their body works compared to you know people that i've played with that are similar 
that like how their body wins. See if like that can like happen together. Like those two like maybe have the same outcome. Like I have an eighth grader, the one I had the other day. Uh, same build as one of my buddies in high school, and he threw a hundred. So I'm like, okay, like maybe if in high school, yeah. Wow. So I'm like, maybe oh. if he's as loose as. <laughs> As he is, yeah. like with his body, like maybe you can gain twenty miles maybe, an hour. Maybe we can strike. Mike. Well, I mean, this kid's in eighth grade, so I'm just, yeah. I'm just saying, like, you know, if I can get him up to eighty-five in eighth yeah. grade, that'd be awesome. Yeah, that's, that's, but yeah, that's hard. But yeah, it's just like, but most of it comes from knowing how to use your hips realistically. I mean, that's where all your velocity comes from, is from the hip drive, the you know rotation of them. So if like, for the most, like, I have a kid, uh, I have a sophomore that really good arm really good size build tightest hips I've ever seen. And I've told him, I'm like, man, we like, we got to start working on loosening these up. Or I was like, no velo is going to come. Like you're going to plateau where you're at right now. Like we're not going to gain anything from this. And it's been working. Like he's gained like five miles an hour in like three weeks. So just from just stretching or just, I mean, it's, it's just anything you can think of hip mobility yeah. has helped him out. Like everything looks a lot looser. I mean, the tighter you are, obviously, the you know the worse you're going to yeah, rotate. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's play nine innings here as we wrap up. The same game we do with all of our guests. Nine questions, nine very different answers. Some of these we're going to know, of course. Inning number one, favorite team as a kid? Oh, the Atlanta Braves. Come same on. team is now. Come on. Now he's an A's fan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nope. yeah. Second inning. I'm, uh, favorite player as a kid? Uh, I, as a young kid, it was Barry Bonds. Um, as I got into high school – I was more into the Tim Linscum, Clayton Kershaw, and then it ended evolving into more just Clayton Kershaw. Mm-hmm. Love watching him throw. I mean, the dude dominates. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he's still getting he's paid. Got, yeah, yeah, man. He's got, the dude's got, the dude's got like just a back made out of hamburger meat. He's up there, <laughs> he's up there just dominating. We got to see if we can year. get him on here. Yeah. We got to see if we can, we can get him pull it. Get him yeah. and Stafford on. Yeah, here. he's a, he's a D bat OG. Yeah. We'll see if we can make that happen. Third inning. I'm terrified of what your answer is going to be. Your favorite. Baseball movie. Oh, summer Catch. Stop. <laughs> no, it's not. No, 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 it's not. Uh, I'm, it's Rookie of the Year. I'll turn this thing off it's right now. Rookie. It's, it's Rookie of the Year. That's a great it's movie. It's hands down oh, Rookie of the Year. That's a great answer. Henry Garner, yeah. It's hands down Rookie of the Year. That's, that's good. Yeah. It's, I know. Even I can admit that as a card-carrying White Sox fan, but of course, yeah. it's a classic. Uh, fourth inning, the best sound at the ballpark. Uh, the crack of the bat. <laughs> Interesting. Answer. I love not the, not the 50 that 50 is. raffles or the. Like, like we talked. No, God, no. <laughs> not the mascot races around the field. Um, no, it, I think it's Don't definitely. I love, I love when somebody connects on one and you just like. I remember being in the bullpen like so many times, like just like messing around, not even paying attention. You just hear that sound and you look up and you're just watching that ball go 70 <laughs> feet over the fence. So even like, if you're on the mound and Framil Reyes hits yep. one 500 feet, yep. it's like, wow, that was pretty cool. Yeah, it's like awesome. that sounded. It's so awesome. Okay. I mean, even when we played our Dollies game at the Sound Stadium, you connect on one. Oh, that thing just echoes yes, throughout the park. It's one of the best sounds. I, gave up, no I gave up a home run to Peter O'Brien. And it literally sounded like you could put a shotgun next to your head and pull the trigger. And I can imagine that that's what it sounds like. It was fifth, awesome. Fifth inning. What is the best smell at the ballpark? The f- I mean, any of the food, realistically. Yeah. Anything in particular? No. I mean, I like, you know, big, big hot dog popcorn guy. So I'm probably going to lean more towards the popcorn in that. Okay. What, was, what was Stockton's best smell at Stockton, the ballpark? Dude, tacos. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, right. tacos phenomenal. Oh, they're great. Ah, see I can see that. So great. Sixth inning, if you're playing in a ball game tonight, hitting cleanup, what's your walk-up song? Crazy Train. 
Yeah. Chipper Jones. You going Chipper Jones on me? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was a classic and he used it as a It was career. awesome. Yeah. Perfect. Great. It was perfect. Seventh inning. Tell me about a game when you were the hero. Game this could right. be triple A. This could be little league. Game where I was the hero. Uh, or yeah. Dollies. Well, actually, I'll, I'll <laughs> no take Nashville Dollies. Answer. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Shout actually, out Nashville Dollies. I'll actually take this back to high school. Uh, uh, my brother, me and my brother, went to different high schools, um, and I ended up playing against his high school my senior year. And I'm on deck, and my first at bat, I was batting second, and my brother goes, "You hit a home run here. I'll buy you a new glove." And I'm like, "All right, cool." Get up there, three out count. Coach gives me the swing away. Just light one up. <laughs> All right, so I hit the home run. I'm like, yeah, awesome. So last day bat, I come up. We're losing five to three, two guys on, two outs. The team brings in, like, their best pitcher, lefty, like, 89, 91. I'm on deck, and my brother goes, double or nothing. And I'm like, okay. Yes. Sure. So <laughs> I get up there. Gloves? We have what does double mean? Yeah. For you? Two, two gloves? gloves? Yeah. Okay. So I get up there. Dude just blows me away with two fastballs. So you know, I, I give a little, I give a little peek at the catcher when it's O two. Oh <laughs> my god! I give, I, give, no. I, give, I give a little peek at the catcher, and then so... I, yeah, I give a little peek at the catcher. Here comes the deuce. No, he was going right. He was going with the old heater again. Okay, and he did not sneak it by me. Of course he did. Yeah, you knew so it was coming. He, yeah, so we walked off on it, and the the feeling of actually like you know everyone. I feel like as a hitter, like you imagine the walk off. And like that feeling of like getting hype, running around the bases, mm-hmm. throwing mm-hmm. your helmet, jumping with the team. Mm-hmm. It is that was that was hands down the best. It's a great feeling. Yeah, it's awesome. It is. Yeah, it's so a walk off home run. It's is so awesome. Can't really It's so fun. No, you can't. It's okay. Can't. It's okay. okay. Can, You'll get there. Maybe can, a dollar. Imagine. Tell me about a game when you were the goat. Tell me about a game where you screwed it up. Okay. Well. Going back to that Fran Reyes home run, I don't want to say that <laughs> I screwed this up, but I had a I had a big part in it. We were up eleven to nothing. In the ninth inning. Oh, my gosh. I was the sixth pitcher of the inning. I come in. It is it is 8 to 11, two outs. Fran Mills up. I had had success off him like a couple outings before, so I was the guy. I get to the mound. Our manager says, Fran Mill never swings first pitch breaking ball, so just flip one in and then get nasty. <laughs> I'm like, all right, perfect. So I just throw a little hanger in there. And Fran Mill demolished <laughs> this baseball. And I look at, I, as soon as he hit it, I watched where it went. I watched where it went. And San Antonio is the easiest place to pitch in the league. Cannot get the ball out there. So in left center, it's about probably 390 with this giant tree like 20 feet behind the field. And it just went way over the tree. Still and going as out. I turned and looked at our manager, he just looks at me and gives me the palm up and smiles like that. Oh and my I'm like, God. like awesome. So I got the sweet. So I got the loss for that. Very nice. So well, that, was yeah. it a, was it a three run shot? No, no, it was a grand slam. Oh, grand slam. Yeah, yeah, better. Off. Got it. To walk off. Yeah. Yikes. Outstanding. Ooh. Ninth inning. If it weren't for the game of baseball, dot, 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 fill in the blank please. If it weren't for the game of baseball, man, I don't, honestly, I feel like you'd be uh, averaging 20 points a game for the Hawks, right? No, man, I wish. <laughs> I wish you averaged 20 points against Ryan Caldwell. Yeah, crossing people <laughs> up on the, at the Y. I mean, I feel like for as big as I am into movies, movies like definitely come in second to me. As a kid, I also really wanted to be an actor. You know, I know that's like impossible to do, but I that's what I think I would have tried to have done. If I wasn't a baseball player, I would have tried to somehow make that happen. Well, luckily, you became a baseball player, and you're a big part of this place. We appreciate that. Thanks so much for stopping. Yeah, love, love, it, you, love you, yeah. Sam. Love you're you, man. Appreciate love it. you, Zach. Love you're the man. <laughs> yeah, appreciate it. The Clueless Joe podcast is brought to you by Pro9 Sports. 
committed to providing high-quality, precision baseball and softball products to help players perform their best on the field. A family-owned and operated business since 2001, offering a wide range of products including game and practice balls, protective gear, team and player bags, umpire equipment, and much more. Here at the Nashville location, we use private label D-Bat baseballs and softballs produced by Pro9 in our pitching machines and lesson buckets. These balls are durable, long-lasting, and made with quality materials to replicate your game experience. Pro9 equipment is made to precise specifications and designed to provide a better way to play. To learn more, go to Pro9.com or visit your local D-Bat. Okay, it is time for three up and three down. Three questions. Our boys don't know what is coming. They're going to have to answer off the cuff here. Question number one. Let's hit the nostalgia button. Ryan, what do you remember most about your high school field? Well, so my first two years in high school, we didn't have a field. We played at a public park. Okay. We had... No, no, listen... (laughs) Dude, it was a new high school. Oh, man. No, seriously. <laughs> they just didn't want to put it in a baseball yeah. field. So I went there when the school was open on its fourth year. So it was pretty new. Four we years played on enough time. We played on field. like a practice little dirt lot that had rock. I mean, it was awful. I thought there was anyways, a lot of money in California. There's a ton of money. And we built, by my junior year, a outstanding baseball and softball. Okay. Well, com- compare and contrast for us. Um, to what? Like what you started on and what you finished oh, on as a high school. I mean, what I started on was a rock infield that we just practiced nice. on, and then we played a public <laughs> park. I mean, the public park was eh, but this, I mean, we there was a four or five, four or five cage setup in the outfield, uh, bullpens in the outfield, backed up into a hill. It was it's a really nice stadium. Did this public park have a fence? It did have a fence, just okay. chain link. That I mean, it was. For Irvine, you just I mean, there's no a lot of a there's a lot of money in Irvine. <laughs> yeah, and it was it was pretty bad for for an Irvine public park. But I see. No, our field, the field that we got built was really really incredible. It was really nice. Do you have dugouts nice. or just the just, normal dugouts? Like, <laughs> y'all just, sit in the stands with the fans <laughs> and the parents. <laughs> I mean, pretty much drinking your juice boxes, <laughs> eating your PB. Right, everybody hang your back up on the fence. Pretty much, yeah. Dude, the dugouts were tiny. I mean, it was, yeah. Be, like you said, I could you was couldn't it, tell it was, if it was all a dirt infield. The public park, no, was not. So, but our practice field, like our practice field, was on campus. So you had a practice okay. field at your school. But it was not it, a real. Field. It was just it was just a dirt lot. That was our practice mm. field. That had it was like a parking lot that we just hit ground balls on and took balls to the face off of huge rocks. Hey, that's how you get better. And this is, I mean, this is a private school that cost. So when they, when they, when they built it, when they built the field, it was pretty nice though. Like, Oh yeah. I mean, the money was, do you have a press box? It. No, no press box. Mm. Did you have an announcer? Had an announcer. Okay. Just okay. kind of sat you had a coach at a okay. table. You like had a coach too. Coach. Yeah. All right. Zach, coach, coach, take us back coach to Soto Central. Um, our, field was, our field was pretty nice. Um, we did not have grass or dirt baselines. It was just like they just painted over the grass, the mm-hmm. baseline. So it was really just the infield clay. Um, that was the dirt. But uh, no, my freshman year, we had a chain link fence. And then the players and the dads basically built a wood fence. We spent like two days out there. Uh, as they were putting the the slats up, 
we'd have guys like painting them and then as soon as they dried they'd be going up on the on the wall so we had a a really nice wood fence wall which this makes no sense to me to be honest but uh, we had pretty good dugouts press box the whole nine yards um and we were fortunate enough to have like a little hitting house right right behind the third base dugout solid a uh, couple cages a couple bullpen mounds um really nice for high school i think when i the high school i was supposed to go to in kansas city we had there was four they had four fields on their campus wow they had a like a practice field a freshman jv and a varsity field and the varsity field was the only one that was you guys were spoiled right yeah i was so that's what i was picturing when i went to to south haven but um, yeah, the varsity field there was the only grass infield. Mm. Everything else was was clay. Um, but then, yeah, when I got here, I was like, they only have one field, and uh, but it was <laughs> it was it was. Uh, I was they like, only I was have like, one. Dirt I was like, you, here? I was like, you practice on the game field. That makes no sense. And uh, but no, it was it was really nice. I think uh, throughout my years there, we we ended up putting a really big um, scoreboard on there uh, in left field or left center, which was cool. We netted the backstop, which was a game changer. And um, you netted the backstop, so there wasn't any. It was chain link. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So we went from chain link to, to to nets. So let me. I, I got a question. Do you have? Is there? Does there have to be an indoor like facility for you guys to practice in because of the weather? Like, is that a requirement? In I don't think so. I don't think. No. I don't think everybody. Had Obviously, one. not in California. Like, we don't need. That I think. I think most people. I think most people did. I don't yeah. know if you needed one. Um, like there was times where they had to lock our hitting house because we we couldn't, like we weren't allowed to go in. We really? weren't allowed to work on on the campus. Okay. Um, but now I think they turfed the home plate and the side the the foul lines. Mm-hmm. Um, they put a we didn't have any fence or any railing in front of our dugout when I was there. Um, so it was just wide open. You could just foul one right into the dugout, nice. which was while but love it they've done a really good job there i think they closed the the bullpens now so it's 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 pretty nice all right right. sam wheeler high school marietta georgia well we had a netted backstop good for you we had no dirt lot dude class the one thing that the one yeah the one thing i loved about our field is like it sat like in a pit Hmm. like it was probably like when you walk through the gate and you like look at the field it's like 30 feet down like all the yeah. stands are cool. up above that's like cool. no one's down on the field yeah so like, like you're that. watching everything from up above that's cool really i like that yeah and the my favorite thing about it is we had the third base dugout and behind the third base dugout there was like four steps that were probably about 50 feet long of cement like cement steps and that's where all the students yeah sat. we had like something our, like that, that too. Like our student section. yeah yeah I remember that, and then I remember that our locker – we had, like, a bunch of nice stuff. We had cages. And like, you know, we had a hitting house in right field. But, like, our locker room was smaller than this room that we're in. Really? <laughs> and there was one shower. And there was only one kid that showered in that shower. How are you able to fit a shower in a room like exactly. this? Exactly. Wait, you guys showered in high school? It's one more shower we than We had high one shower, had. and only one kid showered. I mean, we had one, I think was one shower. Weird, and he was the weirdo. And it was oh, dirty no. as hell. God, dude, it was gross. Dude, no, I went straight was like dead straight from the game home, stuff. man. I, I showered oh, out. Yeah, there ain't yeah, no oh, way I'm yeah. showering at high school. Oh, yeah. high school. <laughs> no. So, the, I mean, those are like the things I remember. Like, That's cool. You had a I locker room. Yeah, man. You played at a public park. Our locker room was about a half a mile up to the school. So we had to walk to and from each game. And we were like, our like when it comes to like facilities and stuff, and you hear that, we were probably the worst in the area. Really? Yeah. 
There's some palaces in that part of the town. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. crazy. Well, no with how, I mean, baseball out there is. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It was yeah. cool to our student parking lot, like you said, with the student section. Our student parking lot was like right center field, right center, right field. So everyone would back their trucks up to like this oh, hill yeah, 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 yeah. and just give right fielder. And oh, the, 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 away, the away team yeah. was on the first base dugout. That's so it was perfect. It was, it was awesome. I'll keep mine brief. Uh, Fletcher High School, Neptune Beach, Florida, Frank Hoy Field. I never hit a home run at home because we played in the biggest high school ballpark in America. It was 335 down the left field line. It was 385 in the power alley, and it was 400 to center field. And we were less than a mile from the beach. Our nickname was the Beach Rats. We're, you know, Neptune Beach, Florida. And the wind was constantly, constantly howling. And very rarely was it going out anywhere. The wind was just always in our face. So never hit a home run at home. But what bothered me the most was about two years after I graduated, they moved home plate forward about 10 or 15 feet because the bleachers were sort of situated underneath the football bleachers. It's sort of hard to describe and envision. Okay. But they moved the entire field essentially 10 to 15 feet forward. But they kept the outfield fence exactly the same. So when I came back to visit a couple years later, like when I was in college going to a a high school football game over Thanksgiving break or something, all of a sudden it's like 320, 360, and 390. Interesting. And I was genuinely, genuinely upset about that. Never hit a home run. Did you have a couple couple off the wall that would have definitely gone out if it were... There's no up. question there were a couple that I did not get credit for. I should have. A couple of screamers <laughs> who just never quite got there. All right, question number two, along the same lines. We'll go in reverse order this time. Sam, what do you remember most about your college field? We're talking about <laughs> it was Georgia perimeter. 430 to center and 365 <laughs> down the line. It's like outside the stadium. That I knew oh, a ball was not going out. I actually I gave up one home run on that field, and it was to the worst team in the conference, and it was dead center. Dead going up center? as it went out. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I, that's, I'll always remember that. I'll remember that we had an unreal facility for a Juca. Weight room was really nice. Locker room was awesome. But the field was massive. Sorry about the car alarm. Yes, folks. there is yeah. a car alarm currently going off <laughs> in the parking lot. There's nothing we can do about it. It is what it is. Zach, what do you remember most? Um, our infield. Memphis was, University. My first two years. Uh, our infield guy, our ground screw guy, had probably the best. We had probably the best playing surface in our conference. Um, so that is that was number one, and uh, probably we had a so distracting. Our, sorry, yeah, this, so that's you're wild. Distracting, folks. <laughs> one step short of live radio. Go but, ahead, Zach. Uh, uh, our scoreboard had like this big play ball. Like it looks like a jumbotron that was uh, frozen, and. Uh, to this day, they still haven't put a jumbotron up there, and so like anytime the uh, and we were all promised. I think the the couple classes before me, they were promised a jumbotron. I was promised a jumbotron. Uh, that was always like one of the recruiting points. Oh yeah, never oh, got it. Yeah. So anytime, so now anytime that Memphis baseball posts something about like what they're doing to improve the facility, there's always some alumni down there said. We're gonna get that. Uh, we're gonna get that scoreboard, that jumbotron unstuck from the play ball screen, <laughs> and uh, need more donations uh, from former ballers yeah. like you. No, they're they're doing really, they're doing really good things. It's, <laughs> it's just a running joke, though. But it's that's one of the main things I remember. Yeah, Ryan, tell us all about it. Well, Georgetown University at Georgetown, good in one, Kentucky. John. Good one, John. Uh, well, I will say at IVC, kind of Irvine Valley College. On Zach's point, when I got recruited there. 
they said that by the time I got there, or by spring, by the time the season started, we were going to have a field. No, not We will not have a dirt lot. <laughs> yeah. It will be there. They said that we were going to have a locker room and everything like that behind the third base dugout. Never happened. Anyways, that was like a big reason that I went there because our facilities compared to the rest of the conference were, I mean, not even close. Mm-hmm. Um, George, I don't know. Carl has <laughs> gone, by the way. Carl has gone. Thank you. Wasn't the greatest. I mean, the field was okay. I mean, 3.30 down the line. Wind blew out a lot, which was nice. Helpful. Very helpful. Um, a lot of a lot of player or a lot of students would pull up in the se- or center field, right field, mm-hmm. which was really cool. Where's this at? At Georgetown. Oh, okay. Yeah, and just bark at the other team, which I thought yeah. was fun. Um, there was nothing outstanding with that field, though, I will say. There's nothing. Especially after you left. No worth. Well, yeah. Brian Gainer field. <laughs> <laughs> That's who they should name it. Go Hoyas. Needless to say, my I playing career at Florida State was short and not distinguished, but they do have one of the more famous fan bases in all of college baseball. It's the Animals of Section B, as they're, as they're known. And they're very wild, and they're very knowledgeable, and they're season ticket holders, and they go to every game, and they travel, and they make their presence felt. And it's a lot of fun. They have lots of antics. And when you're a player, it's amazing. When you're an opposing player, it's got to be very irritating. But I will say, when you're wearing the uniform, it's amazing. But when you're not wearing the uniform, and you're just going to a game as a fan now, like when I go to a Florida State baseball game, I make sure I sit as far away from Section B as possible. Because I find them incredibly annoying and irritating and I can't just enjoy the baseball game. If I go there with my wife and kids, oh my thank God. you, Carlom, it's back. <laughs> I make sure I sit behind the third base dugout yeah. because the animals are behind the first base yeah. dugout. And I love what they do. It's a huge part of Florida State baseball, but it is a very, very, it is sort of the equivalent of what Vanderbilt has going on with the Whistler. Yeah, It's not singularly irritating like that, but it's collectively Okay, enough already. We get it. Or just all of Vols fans, all of them, something like that. One of them, yeah. yes, something yeah. like that. I do have to add yeah. one more thing. Uh, my first two years, our our grounds guy would do waves in the field, in the like when he cut the grass. Mm-hmm. Oh man, they make you seasick. They were, <laughs> they, they, <laughs> they were, they were great. <laughs> oh man, they make you seasick. That seriously is one of the Zach best things. Zach was a there. Yeah. <laughs> They make you seasick. Question number three. We're going to start with Zach this time. Um, this is just for fun. Dude, this car alarm. Yeah, no, I'm going to lose it. It makes for great podcasts, <laughs> oh. doesn't it? Great podcast. Question number three, if you could have played a game at any of the old major league parks that is no longer in service, which one would it be? Zach, <laughs> I'm telling you right now. Polo Grounds. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> I, I really wanted to say old Yankee Stadium. I know you did. but I'm impressed you did. I'm uh, surprised you yeah, did. No. I'm shocked. Uh, Polo Grounds, that would be just so entertaining. That would be so fun. So just pull one, just two, pull ten one, down, one, the two ten down the line. Or just... Somehow, somehow, seventy somehow to run, fly. Yeah, run into one. <laughs> that would be pretty. Can you imagine playing center, center field in that place? Oh yeah, incredible. Uh, yeah, no, that would be. I want to look at that. This. Would be historic, you think there's stats man. on like That'd how many so inside cool. the park home runs there were? There got to be some. Man, when when I was playing uh, MVP, Bill James. MVP baseball and you could play at the polo grounds, oh, yeah. that's all I did, man. That oh, was yeah. so fun. Very nice. nothing better. Nothing okay, better. Ryan, what do you got? I'm blanking on the name of it, but uh, the Florida Marlins ballpark. 
Like what the Miami Dolphins? Think, really? I think One. that was just what it was called. Yeah. Was that what it was Something called? Lame they like renamed really? it every 18 hours. Did they really? I mean, I thought. Is that I, the one they shared with the Dolphins? Yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I Joe, thought that it was one, Joe Robbie Stadium. It yeah. was Pro Player Stadium. It was all kinds of okay, things. Okay, good. So why there? Yeah. I thought the colors were really cool. The, Again, the, in the video, are sweet. In, in video, <laughs> oh, in video games, it was a park that I played at a lot. The bright orange or the bright teal? Both. Okay. I I really like that stadium. That's okay. what I got. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's I, very it would have been polo grounds, but yeah. I mean, I think everybody should be polo grounds. Right. Okay. Sam, what do you got? The Astrodome. Yeah. Yeah. Good okay. one. That's pretty good. That's yeah. a good poll. Yeah. That's a good poll. Gotta What's the specific a specific allure of the Astrodome? I I've always just liked domes, like playing indoors, playing on turf. Like, <laughs> I think that would be yeah, that would I'm not a fan cool. of indoor baseball. Never have I think it'd be all, yeah, like, or the Metrodome. I was going to say the Metrodome. <laughs> I think Dome. about it. I've played yeah, the Metrodome, Dome. though. Now, Tropicana, I've played there. Like, those are, yeah. those are all That's awesome still a places. Thing. Yeah, it's yeah. still a thing, yeah. Yeah, hitting a ball off the wall at the Metrodome back in the day, off the baggies. Is that a wall or is yeah. that a tarp? It was. It's like a tarp. It, it looks like saran wrap yeah, out there. It was really weird. I have an interesting answer. I'm going to say Old Tiger Stadium. And the reason I say old Tiger Stadium, because one of the weird things about it, it was another one. It was 440 feet to dead center field. But the best thing about old Tiger Stadium was it had the second deck of bleachers that hung over the first deck. So you could hit what looked like a catchable fly ball to left center field. Center field was camped underneath it thinking he's going to catch it, and all of a sudden it ends up in the second deck as an upper deck home run. That's pretty cool. I just think that'd be a really fun place to take batting practice. And as a matter of fact, there was a team I played on in Illinois 100 years ago that played a tournament that was housed at Old Tiger Stadium. It's since been demolished, but I didn't get a chance to make that trip for whatever reason. I missed out on an opportunity to play there. But it was supposed to be pretty sensational. I bet that was a lot of fun. Be able to brag that you're putting one in the upper deck. Yes. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> upper pretty deck? sweet. Be pretty yes. nice. That'd be pretty cool. Not as good as a dome, but... It's time for the weekly Zach attack. Zachary, what do you have for us? Do we want to? Yeah. Go, Zach it? attack. Well, Ryan, go. Okay. I thought we were going we to take a break <laughs> and then why, and come back to it. Why are we taking we have, a break? We're we have, on we such a seven, heater right now. We have seven I, minutes. So my, my cry in Ryan is more of like a laughing cry because I okay. thought it was hysterical that Pete Rose placed the first sports bet oh, in Ohio. God, just I thought it was That's so, so awesome. The ultimate troll job. <laughs> it really was. That's so great. I thought it was so awesome. Did they do that on purpose or like how, how did they oh, do that? Yeah. Okay. They did that right. He probably was, camped out for a week. <laughs> I didn't even see that to be honest. I, just, but I bet he got when I so saw awesome. When I saw that I started cracking up. I thought it was hilarious. Just the, just the irony of it is I mean, I find him largely to be a scumbag, but come on. That's yeah, still I pretty mean, funny. It is. That's right. what I got. I yeah, don't have much uh, on it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mine is the uh, the baseballs that were used this past season and like the study that was just the independent study that was just done about I them. didn't see it. No, I didn't uh, see okay, it man. either. Uh, so basically in 2020. They were tighter for Aaron Judge? I was going to say Aaron Judge's home Appar- run well, title. Is- Let's go ahead and put an asterisk next to that. <laughs> the, uh, so they, used, they had to use two different balls because of manufacturing stuff during the COVID year. Okay. And apparently, and they were juiced. Like MLB, I think, admitted they used two different balls with different weights. So um, obviously that plays a big factor. But yeah, uh, apparently the they tested a bunch of baseballs that were used throughout the season and 
most of them did apparently i think obviously the all-star game had oh. them sure and oh. most of them did were at yankee stadium oh imagine that but uh <laughs> the two years with the most juice balls 2017 2022 judge hits 57 and 62 and then all the other years he hits about 27 <laughs> yeah but it, I was, I'm, not, I'm not gonna lie yeah that's a, that's a tough look as far as the mlb goes i mean it's all right still have to have the swing for it right? i didn't think that was like a, a thing and that made a big deal but yeah, having a smaller baseball or a heavier baseball, obviously the heavier makes sense, but um, that's just weird. You can't be caught using different baseballs and tainted defl- deflate gate. Tainted. Yeah, uh, I start strike. Mean, you still got to hit yeah. the baseball, but let's go camp out outside of Yankee Stadium. It's not quite as hard. You don't have to hit it quite as hard for it to go out. You still have to hit it. Absolutely. Tough look, Zach. Yeah. Tough You're look. facing MLB pitching. You still have to hit it. You still feel good about that contract? They, I yeah, feel like they absolutely. should do a study now. I mean, give, how many of those wouldn't be home runs? Yeah, if they oh, were, let's gather all whatever. sixty-two balls. <laughs> yeah, okay. Take a look, see at these yeah. baseballs. Oh, okay. All right, all right. Well, if those baseballs all go to auction, they won't be nearly as expensive as we thought they would be. No, true. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can get our hands on a. Maybe couple. that's why you only got one point five for the only. 62 Maybe, home. yeah, only lost half of what he was going <laughs> to make. Crazy, right? Anyways, anyway. That will do it for the Clueless Show podcast powered by Rawlings. Thank you to Zach Schreitenthal. Hey, if life throws you a curveball, hit it out of the park. <laughs> what cereal box did you read that off? And uh, Ryan Gator. Hold on, up. I got it. They're great. <laughs> <laughs> and Sam Bragg. Go dogs. <laughs> Thank you to our sponsors, Tanner Tees and Pro9 Sports. Thank you to our music man, Philip Creamer. And thank you for listening. Be sure to like, share, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. You can follow us on social media across all platforms at DBAT Nashville.